reminds us that we're a church family, not, uh, not church professionals, are we? Um, great. Um, next year, uh, we're uh, going to witness um, a coronation in this country. Um, as King Charles III will be crowned king in a service at Westminster Abbey. Uh, and I was looking up what happens at coronations, and um, I found one of the symbols particularly interesting. Um, it's this. Uh, it's called the Sovereignty Orb. And uh, it's got a, a cross above a globe, and it represents Christ's dominion over the worlds. Uh, as the monarch, as the monarch is um, given this, uh, apparently the archbishop will say, or certainly has has said, uh, whether this changes or not, I don't know. But next year, but he he has traditionally said, receive this orb set under the cross. And remember, the whole world is subject to the power and empire of Christ, our Redeemer. Isn't that great? Um, the monarch is seen as God's representative on earth, a ruler under the sovereignty of Jesus Christ, the King. But how did that all begin? How, how do kings, how do we get to Jesus being king? Uh, in the Bible. Um, I'm going to whiz through a few uh, Old Testament passages. Um, you're welcome to turn to them if you want, but they will be on the screen, although don't trust everything that, that I put on the screen, um, I think is the lesson we're learning. Uh, <laughs> uh, God promises this to uh, Sarah, Abraham's wife. Um, I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of people will come from her. This is before they um, have uh, their son Isaac. Uh, and even then, God is promising uh, that even kings are going to come from, from Abraham's uh, line. Um, later on in Genesis, Genesis 49 Jacob blesses his sons and says, The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nation shall be his. Uh, Judah, it, it, him, he is promised uh, a descendant who will rule over all the nations forever. Uh, but currently, having a king isn't the situation that God's people uh, are in. That's in the end of Genesis. Um, so, but God provides um, some instructions for when they do. And so we're going to, uh, we are going to turn to Deuteronomy 17 for just a few minutes. We're, we're going to, uh, I'll read it and then we'll chat together in uh, groups. Um, for a few minutes. Um, Deuteronomy 17. Ho ho hopefully I've got this one right. Uh, Deuteronomy 17. 14 to 20. God says to uh, his people, when you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you and have taken possession of it, 
and have settled in it, and you say, let us set a king over us like all the nations around us. Be sure to appoint a king over you that the Lord your God chooses. He must be from among your fellow Israelites. Do not place a foreigner over you, one who is not an Israelite. The king, moreover, must acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the people Sorry, the king, moreover, must not acquire great numbers of horses for himself or make the uh, people return to Egypt to get even more of them. For the Lord has told you, you are not to go back that way again. He must not take many wives or his heart will be led astray. He must not accumulate large amounts of silver and gold. When he takes the throne of his kingdom, he is to write for himself on a scroll a copy of this law taken from that of the Levitical priests. It is to be with him, and he is to read it all the days of his life, so that he may learn to revere the Lord his God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees, and not consider himself better than his fellow Israelites, and turn from the law to the right or to the left. Then he and his descendants will reign a long time over his kingdom in Israel. Have a chat in groups. What should a king do? What shouldn't a king do? Or who should a king be? Who shouldn't a king be? Um, Have a chat and then we'll fill in the board. And shouldn't be. Um, what, what, What did you get? Maybe we'll fill in the shouldn't. So, yeah, mustn't be a foreigner. Yeah, absolutely. Not a foreigner. So, therefore, he should be an Israelite. Yeah. Other things? Oh. Did you say the same thing? Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Not many horses. There's donkeys in there? (laughs) Wives, yeah, certainly wives, yeah. No, yeah, not go back to Egypt. Yeah. Silver and gold, absolutely. And it's, it's also, it's also going to help with the next bit. Um, Rachel said something good in our group. I don't know if you want to share it about turning right to the left. You can if you want.
say, yeah, it really is. It really is. So what, what are some of those things that he, he needs to do in that second little section about the law? What's he got to do? Write out the law, yeah. 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 Fear or revere, it says in in my my one. Not. Not considering, yeah, not, not considering himself more important, yeah. Absolutely. More important. And. God's, God's choice. Cool. I think, I think we've got more or less everything, anything blatantly obvious we've missed. Have a check. Cool. We're going to fill in more of this board in a little while, hopefully. There we go. So, um, as we, as you go on through the Bible beyond uh, Deuteronomy, you get to the book of Judges, uh, and in the book of Judges, you ha- kind of have this endless cycle, um, it feels like, uh, of people doing as they see fit, going their own way, they, they cry out to God, they, God sends a judge, uh, a ruler, a bit like a, a forerunner to a king, kind of a military leader. Uh, things are okay for a bit, bit. deliverance comes, uh, and then things turn back around again. Uh, and the judges themselves, as you read through the book of Judges, you see how flawed those uh, judges are. Um, Samson, a bit of a, a womanizer. Japheth, killing his own, uh, own daughter. Um, and so at the end of the book of Judges, we're left longing for something better, longing for a king, In those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as they saw fit. And then enters Samuel, uh, the final uh, greatest uh, judge of of Israel. But but he appoints, he he then, towards the end of his life, appoints his sons uh, as judges. But they're wicked and do not follow the Lord as they should. So... People come to um, Samuel and they say, you are old and your son, sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king over us such as the nations have. And it's not wrong that they ask for a king. God has made provisions for this. Um, but if you read uh, more of uh, the verses around that, in this re- request, they've rejected God as their ultimate king, um, uh, and they want to be just like the nations around them. 
But nonetheless, God does grant them their request, and he appoints King Saul. But God's people weren't blessed under Saul's rule. He wasn't someone who uh, particularly obeyed God, as uh, we've seen a king should. And so God rejects him as king uh, and anoints David as his chosen king. Uh, David, probably being uh, one of the most unlikely out of all of his brothers uh, to be uh, a king, uh, the youngest, the, the one who Samuel doesn't even look at till uh, t- towards the end, who, who's out looking after sheep. Um, but, but that continues a, a pattern that you see in the Bible of God choosing um, the younger over the older, uh, the weaker over the stronger. Um, think of Jacob and Esau particularly. Um, God, God looks intently at the heart rather than outer appearances, rather than what's obvious to us. Uh, and he does that throughout the Bible. Uh, he even does that as we see uh, the Lord Jesus uh, coming as a child, as a helpless baby, which is something we're particularly thinking of uh, over this next month. Um, a very unlikely thing. Uh, for the salvation of the world, you would think, but yet this is God's way of doing things. Um, So David eventually becomes king, uh, goes through quite a lot before he does, um, but he does, and um, his men conquer Jerusalem, and they bring the ark um, into Jerusalem, the ark of the covenant. Uh, God's dwelling is now there um, in Jerusalem with his people. Uh, and we've read, uh, Katie has kindly read to us from 2 uh, Samuel, chapter 7. So we'll spend uh, just a little bit of time there. So you probably want to turn to that. 2 Samuel, chapter 7. Um, not 1 Samuel, chapter 7. And we get here some significant promises uh, made. Uh, and there, there are definitely, I, I think, some, some echoes of the uh, Abrahamic promises. God has not forgotten uh, those. Um, so here we are. Um, talks about a people. He talks about um, David's name being great. Verse uh, 9. I have been with you wherever you have gone. I have cut off all your enemies before you. Now I will make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. He talks as well about raising up an offspring, continuing uh, David's uh, line. Uh, When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. Uh, He talks about place in these verses. He he talks about um, God's place. So verse uh, 5, Nathan comes to David and says, this is what the Lord says, are you to... uh, says, are you the one to build me a house to dwell in? I have not dwelt in a house from the day I brought the Israelites up out of Egypt to this day. I've been moving from place to place with a tent as my dwelling. 
Um, wherever I have moved with all the Israelites, did I ever say any one of their rulers whom I commanded to shepherd my people, why have you not built a house uh, of cedar? Uh, we could continue, but, uh, but God is um, talking to David and saying that a place is going to be built uh, for me, a more permanent place in Jerusalem. Um, in verse 10, it says, I will provide a place uh, for my people Israel and will plant them. He's going to give his people a home as well, um, a more permanent home where they can dwell in, continuing uh, to be faithful to the promises that he's given to uh, Abraham. And God was going to be uh, the one uh, to bring this about. Um, David was not going to be the one who was going to build this house for him. Elsewhere, we read of David shedding uh, too much blood in war. Um, so it's going to be his offspring, a promised offspring, who will do that. Um, but David, is, he's pretty blown away that God is going to do this uh, through him and his, his line. Um, if, you, uh, if we sneak down to verse 18, who, who are my sovereign Lord and what is my family that you've brought me this far? And as if this were not enough in your sight, sovereign Lord, you've also spoken to me about the future of the house of your servant. And this decree, sovereign Lord, is for a mere human. Uh, David recognizes his, his humanness uh, before the Lord. Uh, who is he? that the Sovereign Lord should fulfill his promises through uh, David. And yet God is choosing to do that. Uh, and it's very much God at work. And finally, uh, blessing. Um, God promised Abraham blessing for him and his, his descendants. Uh, and we certainly see that um, in these verses um, Towards the end of verse 10, it tells us that wicked people shall not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. I will give you rest from your enemies, a time of peace and blessing. Um, and uh, a throne is going to be established forever. The blessing of a secure uh, kingdom which will... Uh, involve a throne being established forever. Um, great promises um, by the great sovereign Lord of heaven. And there's lots of promises. Uh, there's lots uh, here about offspring being um, coming up to succeed uh, David and to establish his kingdom. Um, so, sometimes people might pin hopes on, on their child, children um, may, maybe uh, a, a parent who's never had the uh, privilege of going to university, maybe they pin their hopes on the, their son or daughter that uh, they're, they're going to go to, you know, they're going to make it and like they're going to do what I couldn't do. Or, or maybe a parent who's never been able to play an instrument that they're going to they're gonna play an instrument, they're going to be such a, a great keyboard player or guitar player. Um, hopes resting on, on children. 
But here, uh, in these promises, hopes are resting on an offspring, on an offspring to come, uh, who's going to be a ruler, uh, whose throne will be established forever. And the question, I haven't referred to it yet today, uh, but the question we've said each week uh, that we're saying the Bible is, is um, answering is, um, you probably have forgot, it's been three weeks. It's how can humanity dwell with God forever again? Uh, and God is working that out in a future offspring of, of David's, one of David's own flesh and blood. And God says that his love will never be taken away from him. His house, his kingdom will endure. His throne will stand forever. An offspring with great expectations laid upon him. A king who can't mess up. A king who can't lose the throne. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be David's son Solomon who succeeds him as king? Well, Solomon certainly certainly started his rule well. Um, he got to choose whatever he wanted to ask from the Lord, and um, he asked God for wisdom. Out of all the things he could have asked for, he asked for wisdom. And nobody had wisdom like Solomon, really. And Solomon, he got the building of the temple going. He saw the temple building completed. God being able to dwell in a, a permanent place among his people. I don't know if it's, it's on the screen. Um, in 1 Kings 4, verse 20, we read this. The people of Judah and Israel were as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They ate, they drank, and they were happy. Uh, that reminds us of words God spoke to Abraham, that his Descendants would be as numerous as the sand on the sea, sure. God was really blessing Solomon and his kingdom. It's a kind of high point of Israel. They lived in great safety and, and in peace, uh, which is what God promised to uh, David in, one Samuel, in 2 Samuel 7. If we turn to um, 1 Kings chapter 10 for a moment. One Kings chapter 10, verse 6 to 8. Someone want to read just read loudly 1 Kings 10, 6 to 8. Maria will thank you. This is the Queen of Sheba. Yeah. <laughs> God's king. Uh, the Queen of Sheba visits. He, he heard about, she heard about Solomon uh, and his fame and his relationship with the Lord. And she comes and has a look for herself and sees that it's all true. Uh, how great this kingdom is. How great Solomon's wisdom is. How happy people must be. And she says, praise to the Lord who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. 
because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He's made him king. But Solomon, Solomon failed. Um, in, verse, in verse 14, we t- uh, read about the, uh, the weight of gold that Solomon received was 666 talents. Uh, not including the revenues from the merchants and trading uh, and all the Arabian kings and from the governors and from the territories. Um, Solomon was amassing a lot of riches, um, which, is that something God wanted from a king? Not particularly. No. Um, let's put, let's, let's just put S for Solomon. Um He's failing. Um, Not only in that, but 11, chapter 11, verse 1. No, chapter 10, 26, verse, Solomon accumulated chariots and horses. He had 1,400 chariots and 12,000 horses. Was that that something? No, no. Um, Chapter 11, verse 1, King Solomon, however, loved many foreign women besides Pharaoh's daughter. Um, Does this sound like, no, no, no. Um, I think, I think we can very safely put an X in. This is, this is not, this is not the king who was going to rule and reign on David's throne forever. Um. We see those promises uh, to David in in 2 Samuel 7, certainly partially fulfilled in Solomon, but Solomon Solomon does fail. Uh, There is no doubting the the wonderful splendor and and blessing of Solomon's kingdom, but but he's human and he he fails. Um, There was an, an interesting comment in... In uh, the promises to uh, David in 2 Samuel 7, um, that when a, about when a king does wrong, um, there were provisions for that in these promises, um, so that uh, so that Solomon, um, so Solomon as he comes as the next offspring of David, uh, he does do wrong. Um, Verse 14 of 2 Samuel 7, um, God said, when he does wrong, I will punish him with a rod wielded by men with floggings inflicted by human hands. Um, There were provisions for a king doing wrong, and God would uh, deal with that. But this isn't the king who's going to last forever. Uh, soon after Solomon uh, died, his his king, uh, his son even uh, Rehoboam became king. Uh, the nation divided. Uh, Judah, the southern kingdom, made of the two tribes. Israel, the northern kingdom, made of ten tribes. That the kingdom was divided. Uh, there were a few good kings in Judah: uh, Josiah, Hezekiah, to name a couple. But, but none, none like the one prophesied in T. Samuel 7. And so the world was, was left waiting for a, a greater king, 
great David's greater son. Uh, and prophets spoke of him. Um, I wasn't here this morning, but I believe you looked at Isaiah chapter 9, which says of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. In Daniel 7, um, Daniel sees a vision at night and he looked and there before him was one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his glorious presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. The prophets look forward to uh, this great forever uh, king. It's not until uh, in the New Testament uh, that we find that great forever king. Um, Let's have a look in Matthew for just a a few minutes. Matthew chapter 1. We get into the New Testament and um, kind of expected to begin in great triumph and wonders, uh, but it actually begins with a list of names, um, which I have to say I don't find particularly thrilling until I sit down and look through them and think, actually, this, this, there are thrilling things in those lists of names, and particularly in this one. Um, it begins, the very first words of Matthew, this is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of who? David, the son of Abraham. We're seeing as we get into the New Testament, these things in the Old Testament, the promises uh, to Abraham of a descendant, the promise, uh, promises to David of a future offspring who will reign on his throne uh, forever. We're seeing that all come together in this very first verse of Matthew. This is the genealogy of Jesus, the Messiah, the son of David. So maybe, maybe we can give Jesus a tick for these things. But let's let's just think for a few more moments. Um, Don't want to spoil this. Um, So we've seen that verse at the beginning of Matthew, uh, which points us to Jesus being the great promised son of Abraham uh, and of David. And uh, then the child is born, uh, something which, again, we'll be thinking a lot of over the next month. Uh, we thought last week of those, those promises in Isaiah 7 of Emmanuel, God with us. That's who this, this child, that's who this Jesus is. Uh, and when I, I was thinking just this last week of uh, Jesus being God with us. I was um, thinking uh, after the the queen died back in September, many praised King Charles for how he uh, was grieving in in public. Um, And there was a moment when uh, him and and his wife Camilla um, were going, uh, driving into Buckingham Palace and they stopped and they got out and they shook hands with the public. They they were with us in the mourning, in the grieving. Um, 
Jesus is the king with us. He's left his throne in heaven to be found as a weak and helpless baby on earth. And even as a baby, other kings found him pretty terrifying and a threat. Uh, we see that in Matthew chapter 2 as the, the Magi from the east come, came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and uh, want to worship him. And so verse 3, King Herod heard of this and he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. Uh, when he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Um, I, I won't read any further, but, but Herod find, finds this rather threatening to him as a king. And even in the gifts that the, the Magi bring to Jesus, in, in the gold, they bring gold because this, this is a king. This is a king that they're coming before. Uh, Matthew uh, 12, 42, there's a, it's a little verse which mentions Solomon. Um, Matthew 12, 42. Does someone want to shout? that verse out, Matthew 12, 42. I'm just going to check that I've definitely got you the right verse. I have got you the right verse. The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this Jesus takes us back to Solomon, who we've just seen, um, and his great kingdom. But there was just a, a little foretaste, a shadow of even greater glories to come under Christ the King. Even greater peace, prosperity, greater wisdom, greater power. Uh, and it's, it's in, in Christ that humanity is able to dwell forever with God again, a king who makes a way through uh, the cross and the resurrection, uh, and who has now ascended into heaven. Um, but just so we, we agree, uh, or do we agree, do we think that, that Jesus meets, meets these expectations for a king, and maybe more? Anyone disagree? Anyone want to comment before I give a tick? It's okay. Not a foreigner. He was born into... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll put a tick. I think we can very safely and wonderfully put a tick. Um... Let's uh, go to the very last book of the Bible before we uh, wrap up. Um, Revelation 5. Uh, 
wonderfully, this came up in my quiet time this morning. I thought, oh, that's, that's fun. That's what we're looking at this evening. Um, verse 4, uh, John says, I wept and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scrolls and its seals. Uh, What do we see there that points to Jesus being a king? What do we see there that points to Jesus being a king? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, root of David from, from David. And, and the lion of the tribe of Judah as well. Though the, in Genesis 49, we had a look at a verse which said that uh, a ruler would come out of uh, the tribe of, of Judah. And, and that is the Lord Jesus who has triumphed. Um, and so, um, verse 9, um, they sing a new song saying you are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals because you were slain and with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. And they, um, verse 13, to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and glory forever and ever. Amen. Uh, Jesus reigns on the throne forever and ever. Uh, and it's to, to him that we uh, worship as the king of all kings. And so this, uh, this symbol that will be present at the, the coronation of our new king next year, um, we, can, we can remember the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus who reigns as king over all kings, over all the worlds. Uh, and it's him that we get to serve. It's him that we get to bow down in humble worship before. Um, and it's to a king that we get to pray. Um, as an old hymn puts it, you are, you're coming to a king. Large petitions with you bring. Um, so it'd be good to uh, spend a few minutes in prayer. Time has gone way, way further on than I thought it would. Um, be good to uh, just share a few things for prayer, and we'll spend a, a, just a, a few moments um, praying uh, together uh, before we sing to close. And um, what, what are some, some things, partic- particularly people, I think, that we can be praying for? Um,